0: What's up, everyone? We are here for the week 13 What We Saw podcast. I am Eric Smith, editor-in-chief at QB List, and I'm joined by Mike Miklias, as always to recap the week 13 games from a fantasy football perspective. And it was, it was a big one in Detroit this week because the Detroit Lions got their first win of the season, 29 to 27 over the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions Woo! now go to 110 and one on the season. Uh Lions fans and non-Lions fans are just celebrating. All, all of us are happy for this team. So Dan Campbell gets his first win as a coach um is it mike zimmer's last game for the vikings i I don't know how you can be in the playoff hunt and lose to the the lions at this point but really nice win for the lions it's good to see them get that off their back now they can just kind of coast into that first pick in the draft and not feel so shameful about it so uh, mike you're excited for the lions first win as a, a a fan of a team in the division what do you think about this performance
1: oh yeah like the lions are just that that epitome of the loser and it just something about the Vikings to go into the the winless Lions with a chance to the playoffs and just lose to them like that's a that's a very Vikings thing to do. Like the Packers are successful, the Bears are defense and boring and quarterbackless, the Lions are losers, and the Vikings are just the chokers. So it it works perfectly.
0: Yeah, I have a soft spot for the Lions fans. I, I know, like Bengals fans, maybe like Chargers fans too. We like to think that we're the you know, the beaten down fan bases and we've certainly had plenty of losing in our lifetimes, but we've at least had some relevance. Uh the Lions, it's been pretty rough here. So um I hope they get this turned around. I think Dan Campbell, maybe, you know, he's got some faults, but I think the players like him. So hopefully they're starting some momentum here. Uh that defense, uh last play of the game was pretty atrocious by the Vikings for a Mike Zimmer led defense to allow that touchdown. Uh, you know, everyone just kinda waited in the end zone. It was a okay throw from Jared Goff, but wasn't even a, a great timing route to uh Ah, uh, the receiver and for them to convert that last last ditch touchdown to win the game was pretty inexcusable. So, I don't know if they're ever actually going to fire Mike Zimmer in the middle of the season, but you know, if it was going to happen, it might be this one. So, keep an eye out on the news going forward. So, um other than that, it was actually a pretty normal week. Like the the biggest upsets were, you know, the Steelers beating the the Ravens, but that's a divisional game. We know that's always going to be a close game. Uh the Seahawks beating the 49ers, they're back from dead, but again, that's a divisional game and uh, there's a lot of pride on that Seahawks team. So other than that, this was a pretty normal week in the NFL. So uh, maybe we won't have as many shocking turns here to talk about. But there's always interesting things for fantasy for sure. So um, let's get into the winners and losers right off the top. Mike, who was your big winner this week?
1: Yeah, there were a few. There were a few big weeks this week. I feel like uh, it was. It was easy to pick a winner. It was hard to pick a loser. Um, yeah. Chris Godwin, I went with for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He finished with 17 targets, 15 receptions, 143 yards, and not like the not the biggest receiver day of all time we've ever seen, and not no touchdowns kind of hurts, but being the top receiving target is a big deal, um, especially as Antonio Brown's going to be back relatively soon. Uh, it, it's good for Godwin to kind of make his spot there, and uh, obviously this team is going to play to the matchups, and you know one week it'll be Godwin, one week it'll be Evans. Gronkowski had a huge day today too. Um, but yeah, Chris Godwin was my winner.
0: Yeah, well, and you may have missed it because uh, Antonio Brown looked like he was close to coming back. Uh, looks like he's getting over his injury, but I believe he's been suspended three games now for that fake COVID vaccine situation he did. So uh, we may not see Brown for a couple of weeks. And, yeah, this was a big one for Godwin because he only had four catches last week, six the week before. We've kind of been disappointed with these Buccaneers wide receivers. And to see a 17-target game, even got a carry, like, that it's pretty huge. So I think this shoots Godwin above Evans, just kind of in the weekly rankings. Um, and uh, you know Evans is always good for the touchdowns but Godwin is turning into the volume player here so I agree with you Godwin great Uh, this is a great matchup against the Falcons and good to see him pay off on it so um, yeah my winner for the week and I mean this is kind of an obvious one back from injury it's Kyler Murray we'll get into this more when Mike talks about the Cardinals and Bears game Um, but I was just impressed with Murray because we saw him last year play through injury and struggle a bit at least from a, a fantasy football perspective and I was a little worried that. Kyler Murray might be rusty here, um, you know, might just not be that same fantasy star that we saw. And even in a game where they really didn't have to do a ton offensively, he rushed 10 times for 59 yards and ran two touchdowns. So uh, we haven't lost that playmaking ability on the ground from Murray. Uh, just a, that's, that's just going to be huge for him going forward. We can pencil him back in as like a top five quarterback. So um, I'll, Mike, you can talk about that later when we get to the game. So let's get into your loser here for the week. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one because I was kind of thinking, uh, about Saquon Barkley during the game today, and I wasn't sure how to feel about him going forward.
1: Yeah, I went with a uh, spoiler alert there. Saquon <laughs> Barkley, 11 carries, 55 yards, nine targets, six receptions, 19 yards. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen Saquon Barkley and thought, whoa, look at that game Saquon Barkley had. And this this should have been an opportunity, it felt like, for him to kind of do his thing. This was a close game. Um, despite the final score being kind of one sided, uh, the Giants were in this thing basically until the end, until the start of the fourth quarter, it was 10 to six. Um, so in, in theory, if, if Barkley was right, this could have been a 20, 25 touch game for him. And it just kind of is not much of anything. And I don't know, it just feels like what we thought was going to happen is just maybe never going to happen here again.
0: Yeah, it's rough. I mean, he's not breaking those big plays. Um, The passing game work doesn't seem real creative. You know, we're not getting the ball downfield or anything. Um, I'll jump ahead to a little bit of injury news, but Mike Glennon apparently suffered a concussion at some point, even though he played the whole game. Uh, Daniel Jones was already hurt, so we don't know if it's going to be Glennon, Daniel Jones, or Jake Fromm at quarterback next week. They've already fired their coordinator. It's hard a little bit to tell if Barkley has lost the juice he used to have, or if it's just the team is so bad around him. I'm, I'm sure it's a little of both, but I do agree with you. It's it's always tempting to keep ranking uh, Saquon up in the top, you know, twelve running backs every week, and we just have to readjust going forward. I, until we see it, I don't think we can bank on it. So hopefully next year he gets healthy, has an off season, and looks like the Saquon of old. I'd say.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's crazy to think he hasn't had a sixty-yard game since twenty nineteen, December twenty nineteen. So we're going on almost two years, um, yeah. and that's that's pretty brutal. Same for a hundred-yard game, but like. Yeah, he was injured. He missed all of 2020, but now he's been back this year and we we haven't really seen it. And yeah, I'm not calling him, you know, dead in the water, but it's just it's it's rough. It's not what you hope for if you drafted him.
0: Yep. Even before that ACL injury, he had a high ankle sprain the year before that stuff adds up for these running backs. So yeah, he needs that explosiveness for sure. So it will be a, I think a debate all off season where, where Saquon going to get drafted. That, that should be an interesting discussion. Uh, my loser, I'm just going to go with James Robinson here for the Jaguars. Uh, he was questionable this week coming into the game with a heel and a knee injury. Um, he started the game, but he fumbled on the first drive and they kind of benched him for most of the half. Uh, him and Carlos Hyde split the work the rest of the way. Um, But both only finished with 24 yards rushing. Uh, James Robinson, eight carries for 24 yards, only one catch. I I think this could just be a one-week blip. It's not so much he's a loser just because he had one bad week. It's just this offense is so bad. It's not improving at all. It's a lost season here in Jacksonville. And I just wonder, I mean, are they going to keep running him into the ground the rest of the season, or are they going to maybe – Uh, take it easy on him, mix in Carlos Hyde a little more, especially if he's banged up. So really bad week here for James Robinson. You probably saw it coming against the Rams, but you probably still had to start him. So uh, big time dud for Robinson. And I I just worry going forward, uh, are we going to see him in week 17 getting 25 plus touches? So uh, James Robinson's my loser. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Robinson. Yeah, not too much,
1: given how this offense, as you said, is just not improving and not what we hoped it would be um I mean yeah rookie quarterback but you hope like it's Trevor Lawrence you hope there's gonna be some games where you're like whoa we see what they can be and we just really haven't seen much of it at all so not not much interest here
0: yeah I'm still shocked that that offense has not improved some I know we all are down on Urban Meyer but I thought it would get better than this it doesn't seem like Lawrence has a whole lot of help from his receivers so or his play callers whatever uh I'd like to see him um in a new situation I hope it comes sooner rather than later but he could be stuck with this uh, surrounding supporting cast here for a little while. So we will see. Um, Okay. Let's get into the injuries and news this week. I'm going to lump in uh, some kind of snap shares into the news and injuries. So let's hit this all in one big segment here. Kind of shocking news here to start off the day before the game started. uh, The Panthers fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, uh, during their bye week um, on the Sunday of their bye week. Apparently it seemed like weird timing, Um, and there's some rumors that they weren't running the ball as much as they wanted. Matt Rule kind of made it a point to say he wanted to run more, and they've kind of drifted away from that. Uh, So I don't know if that's the reason. It seems like something behind the scenes happened here with Joe Brady to get him fired because he's had a pretty bad situation here with Sam Darnold, uh, with Cam Newton not looking good, with, you know, P.J. Walker. This has not been a great situation for Brady to run an offense, and I'm just surprised because he was in contention to be like a head coaching you know, possible down the line, a head coaching prospect. I think he was even interviewed this offseason. So I think I'd heard him rumored maybe for some Bears jobs down the line if that opens up. So I'm shocked that he got fired this quickly. Um, Do you have any thoughts? Like, is he the scapegoat here? I mean, do you think this is part Joe Brady's problem, or is this more uh, the talent he had to work with in Carolina?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. It it feels like there should be enough talent here to make something. Um, Like with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Ned Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. That that feels like enough guys where you can make a decent offense, even if the quarterback's not great. We've seen that before. We've seen other teams, you know, pull good receivers and running backs and and do something. Um, the thought I have is maybe he's going back to college. Maybe maybe this was a mutual thing. Maybe I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it, it as you said, it's it's very surprising. Um, I don't think anybody saw this coming, and. Yeah, it it does feel like he's a bit of a scapegoat here, but maybe if they're on the wrong page, they're just hoping, all right, let's make a change, and maybe the coach is just trying to save his job with this move.
0: Yeah, this is one of those things I wonder. There's something behind the scenes we just don't know. You know, some argument, some kind of difference they couldn't get past, and, uh, you know, somebody stormed out of the office or something, and that was that. So uh, I think this probably is an offense to avoid for the most part going forward, right? I mean, D.J. Moore is great. Uh, maybe we'll get some some use from this backfield, but with this quarterback situation, uh, with a new coordinator, uh, this is this is pretty big. Avoid for the rest of the season. You agree with that?
1: Yeah, it's it's an avoid for me.
0: Yeah, uh, DJ Moore is more of a wide receiver two. Uh, yeah, depending on the week, wide receiver three. I still like the talents there. I'd, I'd be holding them in dynasty, but not looking great for a redraft. So, um, all right, the big fantasy news is Adam Thielen. Uh, he left early in the first quarter with an ankle injury. I saw one of the uh, Twitter doctors uh, potentially call it a high ankle sprain. We will see. Uh, But a high ankle sprain could knock him out for a good portion of the rest of the season. So that's a pretty big injury for Thielen. We'll see exactly how severe of an ankle injury it is. Uh, But without him, since he left so early, uh, we saw K.J. Osborne lead the team with 70 snaps at wide receiver. Um, He chipped in seven targets, uh, four receptions, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, Justin Jefferson went nuts, 11 catches on 14 targets, 182 yards and a touchdown. He might have been the winner, but I think we picked him last week. So I didn't want to double up on him. But uh, I'm pretty interested in KJ Osborne going forward. This Vikings offense has shown the ability to support two receivers. I know they've been really good receivers, you know, back with Stefan Diggs and Thielen and Jefferson, but uh they've shown the ability to support these guys. And Osborne had some flashes early in the year. So if he's gonna be out there in Adam Thielen usage, uh I'm I'm gonna be adding him on waivers. What do you think about this Vikings passing game going forward?
1: Yeah, if I need a receiver, he's he's a very attractive option. Um I think it would be almost impossible for me to start him next week. Because you've got that one week and it could be like, all right, KJ Osborne was just a guy. And now this week, the new just a guy is going to be, you know, so-and-so, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you're right. He got a touchdown. The Thielen role is, you know, scoring the touchdowns. That's his big thing. So if Osborne got a touchdown, he got a good amount of work. He saw a lot of snaps. That that's that creates a lot of optimism. Um, I'd I'd pick him up, hold him. If he looks good again this week, then just roll with him.
0: Yeah, they've got uh, Steelers, Bears, Rams, Packers. Um, it's a little up and down schedule coming forward. But uh, the Vikings can put up numbers against just about anyone. It is going to hurt their offense. But uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, probably top five wide receiver going forward. He's in a great spot. He's going to get a ton of volume. So, um, yep. hopefully Thielen is back soon. But I would expect to be without him for a little while if you have him. So, uh, Miles Sanders, you know, just when he starts to get the massive workload, um, 27 touches in this game against the Jets today. Uh, He leaves with an ankle injury late. Uh, He seemed to be in a lot of pain, but he did stay on the sidelines. We'll see how severe this is. Uh, But he was pretty much the lead back here. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell mixed in. Uh, Boston Scott played, but he basically did not play. I mean, he was active, but uh, he was sick all week, and they didn't really use him. So uh, with Jordan Howard injured, um, we'll see how hurt Miles Sanders is, but this may be uh, time to add Kenneth Gainwell. We'll see. Boston Scott, maybe on a a normal week, he gets some more usage. But keep an eye on that because the Eagles are running the ball a lot right now, for sure. Um, In Washington, uh, Logan Thomas leaves with a knee injury in the fourth quarter. He had gone uh, three for 48 and a touchdown. Uh, This one's kind of a bummer. He was back on the streaming radar and was playing well after missing a lot of time with injury. Um, let's see, the Giants, uh, Kenny Galladay, kind of similar. Um, he missed a lot of the first half with a rib injury. Uh, was Came back in the second half, but only caught three balls for 37 yards. So um, hard to trust him there. And then uh, Joe Burrow dislocated his pinky in the second quarter, but played through it. Um, I'll get into that when we go over the Bengals game, but it, it certainly affected him. Um, let's uh, catch up on some of this injury news. Um, do you have any interest in the, the Eagles backfield at this point? Or um, is it too much like a revolving door here? Kenneth Gainwell is definitely interesting as an ad
1: um, because, again, he's the young guy, and that's going to create the most optimism that there's something there we haven't seen yet. Um, And, you know, Miles Sanders is opening up a big role. That was a lot of carries that are going to possibly disappear now. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. If you need a running back, I would grab whoever you can out of that backfield and just roll with it because there's probably going to be enough carries to go around.
0: Yep, agreed. And then a couple minor ones uh, to wrap up the injuries. Uh, Tyrod Taylor hyperextended hyper, hyper his wrist, um, was having trouble gripping the ball. They turned to Davis Mills. They are uh, not announcing next week's starter yet. Uh, Kenyon Drake was carted off with a leg injury for the Raiders. Uh, that left them down to just Josh Jacobs and Peyton Barber. Uh, Jalen Richard was on the COVID-19 list. So depending on that situation, uh, maybe in some leagues Peyton Barber's worth an ad. but they were really featuring Josh Jacobs. Uh, Corey Davis was in and out in the lineup for the Jets, uh, trying to play through his groin injury, so he doesn't seem to be 100% back. And then Lamar Jackson stepped on uh, the down marker. Uh, Didn't miss a play, but he was limping around, so you may see him on the injury report. Uh, We'll get to that game here in a little bit. So, um, yeah, let's get into the games. Um, Please check out Cubulus.com our What We Saw article. We've got a staff member going through each game, uh, watching it start to finish. So uh, they'll be able to cover everything there. We're not going to cover all the games, but um, we're going to get to a few. And as always, if you want to join us on our Discord, uh, go to pitcherlist.com plus, and you can join PL Plus. Um, yeah, we'd just be happy to have you I'm talking these games all day, reacting to the latest injuries, the you know the latest drop touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. You can come sweat out your games with us. It's a lot of a lot of fun. So please join us if you like the podcast or uh, any of our work on the website. But let's get into the games, um, Mike. Start you start out with your Bears. Um, we, I don't think we've talked about the Cardinals for a little while, so I'm interested to hear your takes on them, but, uh, Cardinals win 33 to 22 in Chicago. Um, uh, what'd you think about this one?
1: Yeah, really? I wouldn't say this one is as close as the score looked. Um, Cardinals won this one pretty easily, which is a good sign for Arizona fans. Cause you know, you just got Hopkins back. You just got Murray back and things looked pretty good. Uh, it was a rainy game and the announcers were kind of on top of that right away. And they were right because it created a lot of mistakes. Um, Kyler Murray had two fumbles. I believe they were both, uh, botched snaps. At least the first one was, I think the second one was too. Uh, there were wide receiver drops. The bears, uh, first two interceptions, both went off the hands of a receiver and just happened to fall right into a defender's hands right behind them. Um, and the time of possession was really weird. The bears had 20 minutes of the first half with the ball and they, they, Left the first half 21 to seven down, so it didn't really work out for them. Um, they went on these long drives and on the first two they just ended with an interception. Um so it, yeah, it, it made a weird situation for the Cardinals but they barely passed at all. Murray finished <clears throat> Murray finished with uh fifteen attempts, 123 yards. And like that could be a Hopkins day alone. Uh all right. So any Arizona receiver, their numbers are going to look pretty terrible today. Christian Kirk had one catch for four yards. Rondell Moore, one catch, eight yards. Zach Ertz, one catch. Um, but that being said, Murray looked good. He was efficient, 11 of 15, 123 yards, two touchdowns. And he was running a lot. As you mentioned earlier, 10 carries, 59 yards. He ran well, and he avoided hits. He didn't take any hit. He didn't take anything that I saw uh, like that worried me. He didn't take one of those hits where you're like, "Oh, that that's gonna that that's not what I want to see." just coming back, so um, yeah, that's what I saw for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I had a sit start question uh, on Christian Kirk before the day, and I kind of advised not to play him because I kind of, you know, I wasn't surprised to see this. If the Cardinals could take care of business, it may be a lower passing game output. So uh, yeah, I think this was a little bit to be uh, expected. Um, there are a lot of options in this passing game now. Uh, with Hopkins, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, so we're gonna we're gonna see this I think from week to week, other than the high volume games. So, uh, but Hopkins, I mean, he led the way with 39 snaps, uh, 17 routes run. That was the most among receivers. So, um, it looks like he was healthy, right? He was out there. Uh, he scored the touchdown. It just wasn't a high volume passing game.
1: Yeah, Hopkins made a really great catch uh, early on. Murray saw him run, running down the sideline. He put up a good pass. Hopkins just barely managed to get both feet inbounds, took it into the end zone. And it was just like there wasn't much need for much more than that. Because <laughs> right. again, they they took the lead pretty fast. And I think this would have been a different game if the Bears were actually managing to score. Cause they led good drives, they got in scoring position and they just kept falling on their face. Mm. Um the Arizona defense just really dominated and it made it made the offense not have to do much.
0: Right. Yeah. And so James Conner gets a, a big workload. Um, you know, you've in your notes about his nice touchdown catch. I, I, that one certainly stood out on red zone. I um, think James Conner looks pretty good, right? He's rebounded from, he's obviously not where he once was with the Steelers, um, but he's rebounded from when we were all so down on him for the past th- few years in Pittsburgh. He, he looks like he has a little bit of talent. It goes a little more than just, he's getting a bunch of volume here.
1: Yeah. He's a name that when I hear his name, I kind of just picture in my mind, like, blah, like, yeah. I just don't think that there's going to be much to watch, but he, he looked good. I have to give him credit. Like it's not like he's a uh, Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey, but he looked like a talented back. He looked like a guy you want as your lead and not just somebody you're kind of stuck with. Um, feels worth mentioning, Eno you know, Benjamin, he's the backup here. He's the rookie. I lo- he didn't get much work. He had, I think one carry and one catch, but he looks good on that one catch. He made a couple moves. He's, he's strong. He's fast. He's quick. Uh, He's got some, some shiftiness to him. I think he's a guy to watch. So just a heads up as we kind of get close to the end of this season, put that name, you know, Benjamin on the list and just kind of remember him for dynasty and in case anything happens to Connor next year.
0: Okay. And yeah, I mean, before we wrap up the Cardinals, I mean, again, if people are worried about Zach Ertz, I I think they're going to be down weeks, but he saw more snaps than Deandre Hopkins ran just as many routes as Deandre Hopkins. So he was out there. It's just a low passing game, a low volume passing game. So I think there'll be better days ahead for all these pass catchers. So uh, feel free to either wrap up the Cardinals or uh, go on over to the Bears here.
1: Yeah, one last thought for the Cardinals: Riley Elmore was getting a few plays created to try to get him the ball, Um, which is a good sign. If you've got more, they wanted to make something work with him. The Bears just kind of happened to snuff out the few plays he got. So he got four or five plays in his direction. And just by chance, like two of them, there was the defender waiting in the backfield. It was just bad play call. Um yeah. good sign though is that yeah, they wanna they want to create for more, so I like that. Um as far as the Bears go, again, Dalton's first two picks, they went off receiver's hands. Second two picks were his fault completely. They were they were ugly. Um, but you end up with a four pick day. I mean, you can't blame that on anybody but yourself, really. Uh David Montgomery, he dominated in the in the touches. Khalil Herbert got a little bit of work, but it was just Montgomery over and over again. And the Bears wanted to run, and they ran a lot. So it was a good day for him. He almost had a second touchdown, but it got called just short, and then he got uh vultured by Jimmy Graham of all people. <laughs> As for the receivers, uh they didn't really go deep at all, which hurt Darnell Mooney. When they don't go deep, he kinda he kinda loses his appeal. Because he, again, kind of counts on those 20, 30, 40 yard catches to really, really make his day. Um, and Jakeem Grant became the guy who who ate today five, car- five catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown.
0: Yeah. Um, so do you think Cole Komet is getting anywhere on the tight end streaming radar? I mean, you look at it, I know it was just 41 yards receiving today, but seven targets today. He had 11 last week. He did have a dud week before that, but then, you know, eight targets before that, six targets. Like he's getting work. Uh, would you, you know, if you're in a pinch, think about starting Colt Komet, or is it, it's just the fact that we're not going to get those touchdowns because Jimmy Graham's there too much to just, you know, put him on your roster.
1: Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what I was going to say. Jimmy Graham being there and stealing those touchdowns makes Colt Komet kind of hard to really want to recommend. Um, yeah. He does get work, but he's still, he's still kind of raw. He had a bad play today where he had the ball in his hands, would have been a first down it was right on both of his hands it popped off his hands and became an interception with a huge return so it kind of it kind of yeah. destroyed the bears early on okay. um and i mean it happens he's a young guy but with jimmy graham stealing the touchdowns and this passing attack having the ability to just disappear on a lot of days i think mean, Comet is a is a hard recommend for me
0: okay i bet he's going to be a trendy one next year though it'll be year three for him uh, Justin oh, yeah. Fields starting. Um, he's got some volume this year. Maybe Graham's gone by then. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting hyped up next year for draft season, though, for sure. Um, yeah, he could, he, be a, he could
1: be a good sell. Um, if you don't believe in him, I would wait. And as you said, wait for next year when Fields is coming in and there's a new coach and everyone's like, oh, this new coach is the greatest coach who's ever existed. <laughs> right. And you might get some some good uh, return on guys like Mooney and Comet because, you know, these coaches don't tend to work out as well as we think they will.
0: Yep. So, yeah, you look at it, Mooney, seven targets, uh, David Montgomery, nine, Cole Komet, seven. Uh, But then, you know, Allen Robinson out again. uh, Demir Bird gets seven targets. Jakeem Grant gets seven targets. uh, Grant, five for 62 and a touchdown. Was there anything there with Grant or Bird, or was it just kind of like garbage time work and nothing to see here?
1: Yeah, it was just they were throwing short, and whoever happened to be open was the guy who got the ball. So, I mean, you had Montgomery at the same time with eight, eight receptions and 51 yards, which is not Montgomery's game. And I think that's pretty emblematic of like, all right, they're just looking for whoever's open short. Andy Dalton didn't have a very good day. So, you know, make yeah. the best of it.
0: All right. Well, this uh, this drops the Bears the four and eight on the season. Uh, probably kills any hope that Matt Nagy had anyway for the playoff run. Um, you got <laughs> anything you're looking at here other than just, you know, getting Justin Fields back and uh, watching him develop? Like anything you're looking at going forward? Or is this just kind of like playing out the season here?
1: Yeah, biggest things will be fields getting back, getting some more game experience. Um, If they start to put Herbert more in the game, if I had Montgomery, I'd be a little worried Herbert might get more snaps as the season comes to a close. And then just hoping to see uh, Mooney keep developing week to week.
0: Yeah, and Herbert did see a little bit of work this week. I mean, there have been some weeks where it's been all Montgomery. So um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's starting now. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, I think that wraps up the uh, Cardinals and bears um, rainy game again. So that kind of contributed to some of this as well. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, Bengals game here. Uh, Bengals lost at home to the chargers uh, 41 to 23, I believe I uh, know 41 to 22. Um, it was a pretty wild game. Uh, the Bengals got down early 24 to nothing and early in the second quarter. Uh, kind of everything went wrong. that um, could possibly go wrong. The chargers were ripping off big plays, um and uh, the Bengals had some turnovers but um they fought back and they were actually down 24-22 driving in the fourth quarter when Joe Mixon fumbled and the Chargers returned at 61 yards for a touchdown and then it just kind of got out of out of their hands after that but uh you know I'm not as discouraged as a Bengals fan as you would think from this score it looks like a blowout uh, but the Chargers are a really good team and the Bengals really I mean they really fought back in this one I was pretty impressed to see them come back from that 24 nothing deficit against a good team. Uh Burrow had a, a dislocated pinky. He was really struggling with it and uh man, he's he's a tough quarterback. He was he was not coming out of that game and he actually played pretty well even with the injured finger. So, uh, I was kind of impressed overall. There's there's some problems with this team, but I thought they showed a lot of fight here. This was not like, you know, the blowout they suffered to the Browns. I I was much more down on the team after that one. So, um overall, uh Chargers I was impressed with early on. They were on fire. Um, Herbert was thrown it downfield a ton to Mike Williams. Um, and it was just typical Mike Williams, just, you know, single covered, but a guy right on him and him just jumping up and making plays. Um, Williams ends up with five catches, 110 yards on seven targets. Just really looked good. Um, like a classic Mike Williams game, exactly how you'd think a good Mike Williams game would go. So um, really encouraging sign. They really seemed like they wanted to give Mike Williams the ball. Um, and then Keenan Allen was hot early, he scored two touchdowns, um, ends up with just uh, five catches for 34 yards on eight targets. Uh, basically, the Chargers were hot in the first half. And then they pretty much lost like the whole third quarter because the Bengals were moving the ball. Uh, but also the Chargers offensive line started to really struggle. Uh, Herbert ended up getting sacked four times. And the Bengals were getting after him the entire third quarter, uh, pressuring him like crazy, uh, forcing a lot of three and outs and quick drives. So um, they almost just lost an entire quarter of offensive production. Uh, but other, you know, other than that, they they picked it back up in the fourth quarter. They looked good. Uh, Jalen Guyton contributed four catches, ninety yards, and a touchdown and a downfield play. Um, the passing game looked good overall. Herbert has a cannon. Uh, he's probably one of the five most you know athletic quarterbacks in the league. So I was super impressed. Um, the running game, not a whole lot in the running game. Um, they really couldn't get much going. Eckler, fourteen carries for fifty nine yards and a touchdown, but. Uh, he made his work um, receiving five for 45. He did fumble twice. Uh, they were kind of tough fumbles for Eckler, though. I mean, one was right after he caught the ball. Uh, it's hard to blame him on that one. And even the other one, he was almost down when he lost it. So there's nothing to worry about there if you have Eckler on those two fumbles. So I don't know. I, I think we we know this Chargers team at this point. They're up and down. Um, but when they're getting the ball downfield like they were today, they're a really explosive offense. So they just need to keep doing that going forward. So. Um, any questions on the Chargers? I don't know how much you've got to watch them this year.
1: Yeah, I haven't gotten to see too much this year. Um, it, it looks like Keenan Allen's been playing really well lately. Does this outcome worry you at all, or do you think he's still fine?
0: No, I think he's still fine. He had a couple really close passes that didn't get completed. He had a, I think, an offensive interference on one. Uh, the Bengal, I mean, the Bengals' defense played well, other than um, a really bad stretch at the beginning um, where they just had some blown coverages and. Frankly, just Chargers guys making plays. So, no, I'm not worried about Allen. Just some other players stepped up, but he got his two touchdowns. So, you're thrilled about that. They were clearly looking at him in the red zone. So, uh, no, overall, good things for Keenan Allen. And he still led the team with eight targets. So, I think it's actually a good thing uh, for them to get Mike Williams and Guyton and somebody else going just to take some pressure off of him. Because uh, I don't know if he's like that dynamic receiver anymore, but he certainly is a good route runner that can be a good PPR, you know, volume pass catcher.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And then as far as the Bengals go, uh what's the, what's the take on Higgins versus Chase? Clearly Higgins is now the front runner and he's the best wide receiver here.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're kind of, <laughs> of 1A, 1B. Um so T Higgins 14 targets, 9 catches, 138 yards and a touchdown. Uh this is a couple straight weeks where he's looked like the best receiver. Um he had an awesome touchdown catch again going up for the ball, um you know, catching it up above the defenders. He's just he looks really good. He did get dinged up late and was limping around, but he, he gutted it out and he played through it. So um, Higgins looks better right now, but I mean, Chase had eight targets, five for 52, and uh, he had a bad drop that could have been like probably a 50 yard touchdown that turned into um, an interception. I mean, it was an easy drop. He had a guy, he had the defender beat, Vro hit him in stride and he dropped it. So I, I mean, I know that's a tick against Chase for, you know, he's had some drop issues. He actually dropped two in this game, but this very easily could have been 111 yards and a touchdown for Chase. So you know, Higgins has been hot lately. I think they're going to keep feeding them, but I would not panic too much here with Jamar Chase. He's still got you five for 52. So, um, no, I, I, I think Higgins has surpassed him, but you know how receivers can be. This could this could flip here in a week when teams start, you know, double covering Higgins instead of Chase. So who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah. For my part, I w- I'm definitely still on team Chase. Um, <clears throat> we'll see. You see the big outcome sometimes, but we, we, we know the talent Chase has. We know those explosions and those like this huge plays where you're like, oh my God, like how does he do that? Yeah. Um, And I, I don't think we've ever seen that from Higgins, which is fine. Like every receiver doesn't have to play that way. We were just talking about Keenan Allen and I love him and he's not going to be the, the 80, 90 yard touchdown guy. Um, right. But yeah, it's good to see Higgins stepping up. It's going to be good for the team if Higgins and Jamar Chase can become that one, two punch.
0: Yeah. And, and Chase looked good when they got on the ball, they got him the ball short a lot. And uh he's like he's quick and elusive and he's also strong so he just needs to work on some you know ball security type stuff and uh, avoiding some drops but uh, he still looks good so not too worried about Chase. Um overall for the Bengals though, uh they came into the game down their starting right tackle and center and it really showed um there were some big holding calls and penalties that wiped out big plays and Burrow took a lot of pressure in this one. Uh, he was sacked 6 times. Some of that was in come from behind mode but still uh, offensive line struggled. It, it kind of goes back to the Chase and Panay Sewell debate where the Bengals' offensive line had just been healthy all year, and uh, this was kind of their first you know, major injuries on the line, and there's just not a lot of depth here. So it's an issue when they're missing offensive linemen. So keep an eye on that. I know it's hard to keep up with offensive line news sometimes, but uh, the Bengals need their starters out there. and They couldn't get the running game going, and that's big for this offense. Um, they're so much better when they have the running game going. Otherwise, it's just teams teeing off on Joe Burrow uh, as he drops back to pass. So um, even against a bad Chargers run defense, they they didn't get it going. Mixon still ends up with 19 carries, 54 yards and a touchdown. So, um, you know, you can't complain too much, but it was a disappointing performance for just the offensive line in general. So um, otherwise, I mean, I think that's most of it. Tyler Boyd had a nice game, five for 85. He's starting to get involved more in the offense. So that's encouraging. I, I still don't trust him every week, but I think he's back in the wide receiver three discussion most weeks, but I still think the Bengals are going to try to run the ball most weeks. They look much better when they establish that. And, uh, I would expect them to go back to it next week. All right. So yeah, other than that, uh, with the Ravens losing, uh, Bengals are still in the, still in the divisional hunt. So, uh, it's hard to be too down if you're a Bengals fan. We'll take, uh, being in playing important games into December. I'll, I'll take that anytime. So, Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So next up, uh, we got that Ravens and Steelers game. I caught a little bit of it, but Mike, you watched most of it. So uh, this one came down to the wire. Uh, Steelers won 20 to 19 as the Ravens failed a two point attempt to win it. Um, what'd you see in this one?
1: Yeah, this one was a bit of a snoozer until the very end. Um, yeah. It was a really slow game for three quarters. It was ironically one touchdown drive and it went 99 yards. And the announcers were like, oh, that was the first 99-yard drive in this series' history, which they found a big surprise, but I didn't because I'm like, I don't remember that many 99-yard drives in my life. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, but the Steelers came alive late. Going into the fourth quarter, uh, Claypool was sitting on 12 yards. Deontay Johnson was sitting on a, a few catches in like 40 yards. And Johnson in the fourth quarter, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Claypool in the fourth quarter had a 40-yard catch. Um, yeah, up until then it was it looked bad, and Ben Roethlisberger played all right today. I don't think he played poorly. It was just the Ravens were doing a good job slowing them down. Um, I, I, he's still you know not long for this league. He, he's not what he was, but he he threw some good passes, and the team, as as we said, really just came out of nowhere in this fourth quarter and just put up a crazy amount of points, won the game, and then Baltimore answers with a touchdown in the last second. They, put, they bring out the offense to go for two. Pittsburgh kind of panics and calls a timeout. And there's like that hesitation of, are they just going to kick the extra point and just send it to overtime? But no, they went for it. Called a good pass. It was thrown to Mark Andrews. Lamar Jackson threw it just a little bit too high. If he would have thrown it a couple inches lower, I think the Ravens win the game and we're all talking about that big finish. But instead, it, it falls apart. And my dad watching the game with me said, oh, the coach is going to have to hear about this one. The fans are all just going to eat him alive for that that
0: call. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you think they had the momentum and should have just taken it to overtime or was it worth trying to win it there on the road? No, yeah. I like the call.
1: I, I, again, I think they made the perfect play call. They were prepared. The quarterback just didn't execute. If he would have thrown it just a tiny bit lower, they had their, they had the, the tight end. They had their best, you know, possession receiver with the ball on his hand, ready to win the game. It just didn't work out.
0: Yeah, in in Lamar's defense, there was a guy right in his face that he kind of had to like throw around, so it was a tricky play. But yeah, it uh, if you get him the ball, it's at least the collision at the goal line, and it's an awfully close close play. And if you get it to him on you know in stride, it's it's a uh, two point conversion for sure. So uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess it, it was pretty interesting watching Roethlisberger. He's he's kind of announced this is his last year, and uh, there were some times they showed him on the sidelines where you would have thought he was like a kid in like the NCAA tournament or something like rooting for his team. Like, he's just like, he's so invested in these games. I, I think he, he just does not want to go out um, just kind of a laughing stock, like missing the playoffs. Oh, he looked so bad. He, he's really living and dying on these games. So uh, he, he's definitely invested in this and uh, this was a big win for Raffles Oh
1: yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not a Steelers fan, so I wouldn't mind seeing him miss the playoffs <laughs> last year. I'm sure you, the Bengals fan, feel the same.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, what do you see with this uh, Ravens offense here?
1: Yeah. So for the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson played well. He didn't have a lot of room to run, so ultimately his his rushing numbers eight for fifty five. I mean, it's good. Obviously, it's better than most of the league can do, yeah. but it's not quite up to snuff for what we're used to for Jackson. Um, he spread the ball around a lot. Marquise Brown five catches. Mark Andrews four catches. Devonta Freeman five catches. Watkins four catches. Um, so nobody really jumped out. You know, there wasn't that one big play. Andrews didn't get any touchdowns. So the, the things you're looking for to make people stand out just kind of didn't happen here. Um, DeVonta Freeman was the lead again, 14 carries, 52 yards. I think you mentioned this earlier, but he he dominated the backfield as much as, you know, we've seen someone dominate the backfield. And he looks pretty good. Um, again, kind of in that James Conner type where like you kind of thought the guy was washed, you kind of thought he was done, but he he's, he's showing some juice. He's got something there. And I think there's a reason they're sticking with him. And it, it's safe to say like, that's, that's a really good position to be in the the lead running back for the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I, I was surprised. Uh, he was all, and I had written off just kind of for his career, but uh, he gets 51 snaps today. Latavius Murray, just 14. It was closer to 50, 50 last week. So uh, it does seem like they like uh, Devontae Freeman more here. He gets 14 carries 52 yards and a touchdown. Murray, Murray only got two carries, um, he had a couple of catches, Murray did, uh, but uh, I don't know. Freeman had five for 45. So I think he's a pretty startable player going forward. He's a, he's an RB2. He's going to have some down weeks when he doesn't score a touchdown, but he looks pretty good. So um, I would feel good if you have Murray and you're counting on him going forward. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up that in uh, this passing game, we've kind of all been waiting on this Rashad Bateman breakout. Um, and he's looked good past few weeks, but uh, today fewer snaps and routes run than Marquise Brown, Devin Duvernay and Sammy Watkins. I think Sammy Watkins is the, the real concern there. And Bateman only one target and zero catches. So um, obviously not a lot for you to see there watching the game, but I just I thought it was worth noting that Bateman uh, don't want to start him now and uh, might not even be worth a spot on your bench. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think the ultimate telling thing during this game is I, I kind of forgot about Rashad Bateman just completely. Mm -hmm. And it's not to be disparaging of him. Like I just didn't think about him during the game because, you know, you're seeing, you don't see him do anything and he wasn't mentioned too much. It just, he wasn't on the radar. And yeah, as you said, that's not a great sign. And there's one thing to be game script, but like a lot of guys were getting catches. And if if you're going to crack your way through, like a guy like Sammy Watkins is someone you could kind of steal the role of, um, Mm -hmm. So I, I agree. I, I don't think you have to roster him if you wanted to pick somebody else up. I think you've, you're fairly justified to to drop him.
0: Yeah, man. I noticed on that final touchdown drive. I don't know if it's just because it was no huddle and he got stuck off the field, but uh, he was not out there kind of in crunch time. So um, his stock has fallen a bit. Uh, one thing I wanted to notice um, on the St- or note on the Steelers here was just that Clay- Chase Claypool only played 37 snaps. Um, for example, Deontay Johnson played 56. Uh, Claypool was on the injury report this week though, with a toe injury, so that might have factored into it. And he's a big play threat. He got that 40 yard catch, but his his playing time was down a little bit. So I'd be interested to hear what Tomlin says about that. But um anything else in this one you want to touch on? I know we didn't talk a lot about like Najee Harris. Um just any final thoughts on this game.
1: Yeah, I guess it's worth mentioning. Harris had a had a fun moment where he was leaping over a defender. The defender almost upended him, but he like le- he leapt high enough to get over him and He's a fun running back to watch. If you haven't watched him play, he's not the fastest guy, but he plays hard and he's athletic and yeah, he's, he's enjoyable to watch play the game.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, let's get on to the next one. This was on uh, my local channel. So I watched it, uh, Washington and Las Vegas. I'm not sure why I've watched Washington like twice now in the last five weeks. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but uh, Washington won 17 to 15 uh, both of these offense are just like ball control here. I mean, it, it was just kind of a a grinded out game. Um, it's a little bizarre. Like I know that Taylor Heinecke story is good. Like we all kind of like him. He's a, a gutty quarterback getting it done with, you know, what he can. He's not super talented, but man, you would, you would hear these announcers talk about him. You'd think that he's the next Tom Brady. Uh, they just love him. They're raving about him. You know, they, they talked about how good he looked and it was like, you know, he was 12 of 14 for like 87 yards or something, you know, it's just like, yeah, he's completing passes, but they're not going very far downfield. I mean, it was, he was under a hundred yards passing well into the third quarter. So, you know, he's getting them wins. Um, and they're playing ball control, run heavy, you know, converting third downs and it's working. He's, he's a tough player. He runs, makes plays with his legs, but I don't quite see the, uh, the Taylor Heineke hype here. He ends up getting 196 yards passing two touchdowns, a pick a sack. Um, but, you know, I, I he threw multiple passes that that should have been intercepted. Uh, one could have been a pick six. So I I, I, I kind of feel like he's living on the edge right now. And uh, I, I they still need to be looking for a quarterback next year. That would be my assessment. But um, otherwise, I would say um, Antonio Gibson looked really good. Um, you're going to see 23 for 88 on the ground, five catches for 23 and a touchdown in the air. Not think it's that exciting, but I thought he was running really strong here. Um, just did all he could. It's not that great of an offensive line. They've got a fourth-string center in, but he he looked good. And with J.D. McKissick injured, he played on 55 of 67 snaps. So uh, pretty huge no- news for Gibson. We'll see how long McKissick's out. But uh, Wendell Smallwood only played five snaps. Jarrett Patterson only four snaps. So uh, we're getting that usage from Gibson we had hoped for. So looked really encouraging. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts? Uh, do you think Gibson is kind of fool's gold here as soon as McKissick comes back, or do you think maybe he's earned a little bit of a trust from his coaching staff?
1: Yeah, the McKissick point's a good one. Um, I think the the carries are for real. We've seen three games in with the last three games 95 yards, 111, 88. So he's averaging more than 95 yards a game these last three outings. Um, the receiving though, the receiving's definitely still disappointing because you, you would have thought, okay, no McKissick. Now he's gonna get that nice McKissick E line of like seven catches for like fifty-four yards in a touchdown. And you'll be like, all right, that's 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 some good numbers we can build on. But it's yeah. still just all right, 23 yards. That that is not what anybody was telling me I was going to get when Gibson <laughs> came into the league. Everybody still told me it was going to be like eight to ten catches, yeah. Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey kind of receiving back. And clearly that was not not what we should be expecting.
0: Yeah, long a ten uh, receiving. Um, you know, I don't know. The, the touchdown was clearly designed for him, and he looked good. And, I mean, he's doing what he can with his touches, so – Uh, But it's just this passing game. I mean, he led the team with six targets, but it's all chopped up between a bunch of different options. And it's like I said, Heineke's not pushing the ball downfield much. So um, as far as the passing game, I mentioned Logan Thomas got hurt. He made a really nice touchdown catch and then had a 35-yard reception and seemed on his way to being back. But it looked like a a fairly serious knee injury. We'll see. Um, He was on the bench, so it's not like he was in the locker room. Um, Maybe there's hope that he comes back. But um, everyone's going to want to know about Terry McLaurin only five targets, three catches, 22 yards. Um, I think he just gets sacrificed to the coverage. You know, everyone puts two people on him. Um, He kind of gets used as a downfield decoy. And I mean, Washington's just so ball control heavy. They're just not forcing it downfield much into double coverage. So uh, McLaurin just kind of draws the coverage away from the players that are getting the ball, it seems like. So he's going to have his good weeks for sure. Um, But this is the way Washington wants to play. And it's not always going to, make a good fantasy day for Terry McLaurin so otherwise you know there's Adam Humphreys getting some dump off passes late and uh you know John Bates getting work at tight end with Logan Thomas and you know just kind of the same names here but nobody really stepping up Curtis Samuel got two carries for negative one yard and one catch for negative one yard so he's at least getting back on the field but nothing there yet so um I don't know I I I'm kind of uh, it's hard to get too excited for McLaurin going forward other than some of these you know, big touchdowns will have. So are you there with me on McLaurin or should I be, you know, a little higher on just how talented he is here?
1: Yeah, I I think I agree with you. Um he's again somebody if I'm starting to look towards next year, because if you drafted McLaurin, there's a good chance your your year isn't going great this year. Yeah. Um he's somebody I'd be looking to acquire. Because again, I for the exact reasons you said, I think we know the talents there and I think people will look at the the quarterback and say we can't trust that. But I, I think these good players And, and these teams with good players tend to figure it out and McLaurin, you know, more so than not, we'll figure we'll, we'll hit the numbers he's supposed to be hitting. So this year, yeah, not, not great, but for next year, for the future, I'm, I'm a buyer on him.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I would agree with that. I, they, they need, if if they roll back with Heineke next year though, I'd be a little worried just because of the way they want to play, but um, (laughs) I don't know. It's just this offense puts me to sleep. So I think I need to not watch them next week. That's what I'll say. Um, as far as the Raiders, they're kind of similar, uh, without Darren Waller today, a tight end, they, they passing game struggle. There's just no deep playability other than the occasional shot to, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Basically it's just, it's all Renfro short and trying to get the running game going with Josh Jacobs, but, um, the offensive line, isn't that great. So it's not a dominating running game. So, uh, I, there's not really a ton to talk about the Raiders. Um, Darren Waller had a really nice game. Uh, we can count on him going forward. Nine catches, 102 yards on 10 targets. And Josh Jacobs saw nine targets, nine catches. That's really encouraging for his fantasy outlook. So uh, chipped in a touchdown. Um, he's a he's a good RB1, back end RB1, RB2 going forward. So um, that was uh, it turned out to be a nice value in drafts. But otherwise, like, I don't know, Foster Moreau filled in for Darren Waller, got a few seam targets and some red zone looks, but uh, it only amounted to three targets on the day, one catch. So that was a flop if you had to play him this week. Um, I don't know why they keep playing Zay Jones, honestly. Like, he gets a ton of work, and he had a shot, on a deep ball late, and just – it it was a tough catch. I wouldn't call it a drop, but um, you could have somebody better, I think, running that route than Zay Jones personally. So I don't know why he keeps getting all these snaps. Uh, It's just – it's a frustrating offense. I think there's more talent there than they have, but they just keep checking it down and kind of play ball control like Washington, and that's – That's kind of how you end up losing 17 to 15. So um, Washington chipped in a field goal late to win this one. So I don't know. You got any thoughts on this uh, Las Vegas offense?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Both of these teams are kind of similar in my mind of like people try to tell me these teams are better than they are. And they try to convince me that Taylor Heineke or Derek Carr has something to offer that's special. And there's just some force holding them back. Um, As I was watching the Fox pregame, they, they had a special segment on Taylor Heineke and about how great he is. And then Howie Long was talking about Derek Carr. And now that John Gruden's out of here, you're going to really see Derek Carr shine. And in my head, I just thought, like, these are not good offenses. Like, you guys are trying way too hard. Let's just admit this is a boring game. Nobody wants to watch it. (laughs) And unfortunately, Eric got stuck watching it. And We thank him so we can get the important fantasy takeaways. But otherwise, nobody in their right mind who's not a Raiders or Washington, whatever's fan, (laughs) is going to be watching this game.
0: Yeah. I got a uh, a new TV about a week ago and it was the local game. So I just wanted to enjoy it on uh, the, the brand new, you know, giant TV. So that's, you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't all bad. I, I had a good time watching it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I will say like the Raiders pass, pass rush is pretty decent. Um, Crosby looks pretty good. Uh, he's Max Crosby. He's making plays. They can get to the quarterback um, despite only one sack. Heineke was pressured a lot. And I thought Washington's defense played pretty good. They had some good coverage. So Uh, these defenses were putting up a fight, but yes, the offenses are also pretty boring here. So, uh, yeah, I think we can move on from that one. Um, Those are all the games we focused on. Uh, There were a couple things I wanted to bring up here before we get out of here. Um, So for the Rams, uh, Daryl Henderson was active, but they basically said he wasn't, I guess he was an emergency option. And Sonny Michelle gets 24 carries, 121 yards and a touchdown. Uh, So I I think it's pretty clear when Henderson's not playing, Michelle is the lead back. So uh, keep that in mind going forward. And then uh, for the Seahawks, um, they beat the San Francisco 49ers 30-23. to 23. They did not play uh, Alex Collins. I don't think it was because of injury, but he was inactive. They elevated Adrian Peterson, and they ran the ball 27 times for 146 yards. Uh, but 73 of that came from Travis Homer um, on one big run. Otherwise, Rashad Penny, 10 for 35. Adrian Peterson, 11 for 16 and a touchdown. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty ugly rushing game there. Um, but if you have Alex Collins, I uh, probably drop him. He's definitely not startable. It's kind of a mess there, but they at least got the passing game going a little bit and put up some points. So, um, I don't know. Was there anything you've caught, uh, other games or in those games that you want to mention before we get out of here?
1: I guess my last thought, I think Seattle needs to drop Penny, drop Homer, pick up, convince Marshawn Lynch to come back to the league. Yes. And pick up Frank Gore and just run Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch and Frank Gore out there each week and just let people's heads explode that that's all on the same lineup in Seattle and the Seattle's a horrible team.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You'd think there's some like, you know, undrafted running back rookie, you know, who's young, <laughs> got some explosiveness you can pick up, but everyone just trades around Adrian Peterson. And uh, I guess Frank Gore is really done if nobody's calling him this year, because we, we've seen just about everyone brought back. Same with Todd Gurley, man. I can't yeah. believe he hasn't gotten picked up by somebody. So he must be done as well. All right. Well, otherwise, uh, like I said, pretty standard week, but uh, check out uh, QB The, what we saw articles, if you missed anything um, I'm sure next week, we'll throw us uh, 10 different curve balls and we'll be right back to not knowing what's going on. So uh, thanks for listening to everyone. Hope you're, uh, you're pulling this out in your uh, Sunday night matchups or Monday night and uh, playoffs are rapidly approaching. So, uh, I'll be talking to you on the sit start podcast this coming week and help you set your lineups and hopefully lock in the playoff. Game. So, uh, yep. Have a good week. Everyone.